you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Tim. I'm Willie. Today we're going to talk about listener feedback. We're going to do a quick what we've been watching. Then we're going to discuss what movie props we would get if there, if money was no object. And then finally we will talk about Brian Singer's X-Men Apocalypse. But before we get to all that, we are at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Facebook and all those other places by searching for Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. You can go to MidwestFilmNerds.com for all previous 179 or 180 plus bonus episodes with full show notes. Uh, so you can skip over the spoiler tear and other things you don't want to hear. Uh, Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com is where you can shop on Amazon and part of the money that you spend will come to us. MidwestFilmNerds.com has a support store where you can shop for our apparel and also donate to us if you wish. And uh, also, please go check out Gone to Texas, which is our Preacher Recap Podcast. There was no new episode of Preacher this week, but we will be back next week after episode two airs. So take a look for that. Um, but other than that, if you write into feedback at MidwestFilmers.com, you might sound a little bit like this if I decide to read your email. I've got an email here from Tommy. It says, hey guys. Due to your interview with Disaster Piece, I was compelled to watch It Follows. I'm happy to say it was one of the better and scarier horror movies I've seen, but not as frightening as The Babadook or 27 Dresses. <laughs> I applaud David Robert Mitchell for making me squirm because of how he frames his shots, and also the music in It Follows was fantastic. He said, I haven't seen Money Monster, but I remember you guys talking about the few housing crisis movies that came out recently. The double feature I recommend is 99 Homes and The Big Short. Both films came out last year and have an interesting perspective on the crisis. 99 Homes shows you the ground level and how it's like for lower class families when the proverbial levy breaks. The Big Short is a bit lighter in tone and shows you the Wall Street Street people's point of view. Uh, Both are great movies that might teach you a thing or two about a thing or two. Um, moving on, I'm happy that you guys talked about Goon. It's very rewatchable and possibly the best Sean William Scott performance. He doesn't have to rely on dick jokes and fart sounds, but rather conve- conveys a very a sensitive fury that resonates throughout the movie. Also, it's a very good hockey joint. And he's excited to check out the new Preacher podcast. He doesn't have cable, so we wanted to know if we had any suggestions on how to check it out. Uh, glad you liked It Follows. Yes. We liked it, too. Uh, I will check out 99 Homes because that sounds interesting. I will as well. I heard it was good. Um, Is that Michael Shannon? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man. Ah, yep. Tobey Maguire? I thought Andrew Garfield might have a comment about that, but never mind. (laughs) Yes, Andrew Garfield. Uh, In terms of Preacher, I know the first episode is available on AMC.com. I think it's also on iTunes. On iTunes for free. Google Play, some other places for free. So you can check it out there. And then from there on out, you could look into something like PlayStation View. Pay 30 bucks, You get AMC, 30 bucks a month. Well, a lot Uh, more than AMC, not just AMC. Yeah, it's got like (laughs) over 55 channels, but you can do that. Or uh, I think it's twenty four ninety nine on iTunes. You won't be able to watch the show until it gets posted at like three in the morning the night of. So you know, 
you got some options, but hopefully you check it out and join us in our uh, journey on Gone to Texas. But other than that, I think that's it for feedback this week. Thanks for writing in, Tom. Uh, and he did write he's from Millersville, Pennsylvania. Cool. So uh, thanks for listening. Um, so what we've been watching. Who wants to go first? Nick? Sure. What have you been watching? Not much. Uh, I watched about the first half of The Running Man, which I've never seen before. Yeah. And it's hilarious. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. The Running Man. It's a yeah. Schwarzenegger movie uh, written by Stephen King. Based on a Stephen, based King, on a Stephen story. King short. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really cool. Like The premise is really sweet. Basically, it's in the future, and it's kind of a Hunger Games type thing. Uh, kind of a battle royale type thing, basically, but it's it's like televised. It's like a, every you know every Monday night, everybody tunes in to watch the Running Man, and all these like ex cons get weapons, and they're sent to go from point A to point B, and they they get chased by other like popular characters, kind of like American Gladiators. You know how you had like your yeah. favorite, and then they just kill the people before they get to the, yeah. and they straight up murder them, and it's all televised. And uh, uh, um, are you familiar with Richard? Richard Dawson? Richard Dawson plays like the, the host, I host of Family Feud that used to kiss every woman that came on the show. Oh yeah, he's the villain. Okay, <laughs> he's, that's he's good. the villain. Yeah, not only is he the host, he's the villain. That's he's awesome. The, yeah, and he's really good. Yeah, <laughs> and Jeremy Renner needs to play him in a. He, Jeremy Renner's character from uh, um, the movie American, I, Hustle. American Hustle yeah. reminds me of Richard Dawson in this movie. I, I almost keep calling him Richard Harris, which would be a totally different movie. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's it's pretty fun, and it's Arnold like arguably at his worst acting wise. So it's pretty good. The music is awesome, <laughs> and the opening scene is so funny. It's so melodramatic, and it's like a jailbreak, and it's hilarious. But it, it reminds good. me of a much better movie that kind of is along the same line um, of. Uh, they shoot horses, don't they? Has if any of you guys ever seen that? Nope. It's, I haven't seen it. No, I've heard it's that. so good, and it's so hard to track down. Like they don't, they never made it on Blu-ray. It's the DVDs are always a little expensive. Might be out in Germany, region two. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's available in region one. It's just uh, it's a little pricey because I only think they made so many of them. Uh, it's a really good movie, and it's along the same lines. It's like Depression era, and people would would get together and do these like uh, nonstop roller skate athons. And people would just pay to come and watch people exhaust oh. themselves and like vomit and pass out because they would roller skate for like days on end. <laughs> and there's a Gilmore Girls episode. This is a this was a they real. They shoot Gilmore's, don't they? There you and go. It's ah. about a danceathon where you you dance until you. Yeah, fall there down. it is. Yeah, yep. and that's that's what it's about. <laughs> and I guess it was kind of a real thing. And uh, it's horrifying. <laughs> it's so good. It's really, really good. But the the whole and it's it's a similar role as to the Richard Dawson character. And I don't remember the name of the actor who played the part, but he's a, he's magnetic. And it's a really awesome movie. And it's Jane. I think it's a young Jane Fonda. Okay. It was made in the late '60s, maybe early '70s. Right. It's awesome. I'll check it out one of these days, and and I'll loan it to you, or we can watch it because it's really, really good. Sounds like a retro review. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't even know if it needs to be seen by everybody, but I thought it, I, it really stood out. When you're watching movie after movie, when you're taking film classes, and some of them you're just like, ugh. It's directed by Sidney Pollack. Yes. Mm. And it, that was one that really popped. Like McCabe and Mrs. Miller was another one that, as soon as I watched it, I was like, this is awesome and really different. You know, you cover the same beats that everyone knows like you have citizen kane and all that kind of stuff yeah. and then you see these ones that are kind of off the beaten path but they're they're really good and sometimes they they're more relevant than when they came out in a way so anyway all right there you go tim 
You've been watching something. Yeah, I watched Spawn. Yeah, you did. On Sci-Fi Network <laughs> at 10 o'clock on a Sunday. But yeah, I watched the whole thing. Yeah. I watched half of it. Yeah. I was, Well, like, what Alex, half? I want to help Alex I out. had other stuff to do that day. I wasn't planning on watching Spawn. <laughs> do you have you a No one ever is. <laughs> do you have a plan to watch Spawn, Alex? <laughs> I texted Alex as soon as I saw it on. I'm like, Alex, Spawn is on right now. Because yeah. Alex has never seen it. It was and like a half an hour in, but that's with commercials. So it was probably only like 10, was, 15 think, minutes yeah, in. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we only jumped at 15. We, we were able to catch up on the yeah, plot of Spawn. No, we got it. <laughs> we got it. It was right when he gets sent to hell, basically. Yep. Yeah. By Martin Sheen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> by, by a very dark-haired Martin Sheen. Doesn't he have a real thick goatee in that movie? Yeah. Too? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah, I watched the whole thing on sci-fi. Uh, I hadn't seen it. I just kept watching it because I hadn't seen it in forever. And it's about what I remember. Um, it kind of it makes you realize how good comic book fans have it these days. <laughs> that was about it. At that point, that was 97. There yeah. was the Batman movies were still first. Blade was out by then, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Blade was ninety eight, wasn't it? Was it really? Blade was. Oh, I thought it was like ninety because it didn't. Because Spawn was like, it didn't get good until it was like a three three in a row. It was after Batman and Robin because it went Blade. Blade was right after Batman and Robin, if I remember correctly, and then the first X Men, yep. and then the first Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, actually, Blade two may have, Blade two was there because I Snuck saw in. Blade two in Spider Man. Blade two is so good. Yeah. <laughs> the best Blade. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I remember John, John was a fan of Spawn, and I don't know if it was just that he, I don't know how much, I don't think he read the comics that much, but I think he liked Todd McFarlane's art a lot. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I remember him being excited to go see the movie, and he knew how much of a big John Leguizamo fan I was, and he came home, and I was like, how much is he in it? Is he great? And he's like, he's in like 15 minutes of it. And I was like, oh, what the hell? He's also like unrecognizable. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, yeah, he's, a big... he's pretty recognizable. Yeah. I know that smile <laughs> anywhere, Nick. <laughs> Even if the teeth are yellowed. You know what was recognizable <laughs> was that hell wolf that is like, did you stick around for that part? I forgot how bad the, like the CG was in hell. It's the big monster in hell. And Spot, do you remember what I talked about? He's like a big... Malbogia? Is that what his name is? Yes. The big boss. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The big boss. How do I remember this? I used to want that action figure so bad. Oh, 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 oh that's how I remember. better in the movie. That's how I remember. My dad used to collect spawn action figures. I don't know why. <laughs> he never took them out of the they case. they were sweet. They were really good. They were really yeah. good. He collected them and he never took them out of the case. And I remember he had a Malbogia yeah. and it was like two feet tall. I, want, I wanted that so bad. And my mom was like, this is straight Satan shit. You can't have this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. Yeah, I could not see Spawn in the theater. No, that I did. Was, I saw whatever, the theater. Did you? Oh, you lucky! <laughs> like I had to wait until uh, it came out on video because I couldn't get my parents to like say, "Like, hey, go, you can go see Spawn." But yeah, it's funny that you said because I it's, while I was watching the movie, I pulled open the IMDb trivia, and uh, Richard Harris was supposed to play like the old vampire hunter kind of demon hunter oh, kind okay. of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also, what Who was the other? Instead? I Some guy. I remember can't that. remember. Some poor soul. There's the guy that plays. <laughs> that's that's what he's known for on IMDb. <laughs> the guy that plays Wanda's husband, new husband, Wanda Blade's former wife. Spawn. Yeah. Oh, Spawn, does he look like Spawn, Anthony Blade so in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> he looks like no. He looks like someone who worked for Image Comics at the time because <laughs> he's just a was, white guy with a It was a supposed to be uh, Edward Norton was going to play that part, but he left to do Rounders instead. Apparently. That was a fantastic. Choice. Good <laughs> Rounders is really good. Nickel like Nickel Williamson is the man who played Cagliostro. Ke- Cagliostro. Uh, uh, he's the guy in Hell who teaches him how to be. Or he's not in Hell, is he? He's the homeless guy who. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, like, yeah. teaches him how to be Spawn. Yeah. yeah. 
whatever Spawn's yeah, power whatever sets are, I still don't know. He's yeah. got a cape. Yeah, that turns yep. into a motorcycle. Sweet motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> that cape still looks ridiculous, but I love it. That cape looks awesome. It's I don't super care. cool. It yeah. is super cool. Um, but I just wanted to say there was a because uh, I remember I think Todd McFarlane was not happy with the on-screen portrayal no. of his uh, no. b- because he what? went and created. And I remember it on HBO. There was a animated series for Spawn. It was called Todd McFarlane Spawn, and that was like his answer. And I would watch it all the time. Hmm. I, I, I think that holds up pretty well pretty, from what I understand. It was pretty. I mean. For I mean, Spawn's kind of like for thirteen-year-olds anyway. But for thirteen-year-olds, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. I would watch. I would watch again. Like I went on, and you can find the complete series. I think for like sixteen dollars, and I almost bought it, but I didn't pull the trigger. I don't know why. I'm like, I'm never gonna watch it, but I might. Constant dilemma. I know. Modern media. Like I want it. There was one other piece of trivia that I wanted to. That there's. I was gonna say. There's one. Oh. As soon as he eats that that piece of pizza that has a bunch of maggots crawling yeah. over it, I was like, man, how did they film that? No, I was wondering, a bunch of maggots. Did you find out? And then I went and looked on IMDb, <laughs> and John Leguizamo ate live maggots on the piece of pizza for this movie. So Commitment. Like, Peter would never have that now. Right. <laughs> Couldn't do it. That's a DDL a lost art. Commitment. Yeah. yeah. What were you going to say? The only scene I really vividly remember from Spawn, it's such a minor detail, is the part where he's, he figures out he can climb the building, mm-hmm. and he looks at his like suckers on his hands. Does he say, oh shit, or oh fuck? I don't know. It's one. I don't know. Two. We watch. I watch it on Sci-Fi because yeah, I, I don't remember. I want to say, "Oh shit!" Because I they, think so too. Yeah, and it's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> he figures out he can climb, and he looks at his hand because his his body just adapts, and it just grows suckers and climb. And he looks at his hand. He's like, "Oh shit!" It's like the worst <laughs> delivered line ever. And I remember my dad rented that movie when I was a kid, and just we were watching it. And at that part, when he swore, he just turned to me. He's like, "Don't tell your mom." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay," and that's why I remember that scene. It's so bad. Wow. Well, I do remember the cape, the scene where he like there were the. I think on the VHS there was a making of after the movie, and they talked about animating the cape. Mostly, they just talked about the cape. And it was yeah, they did, and they they, they show like the the animatic of like the cape when he comes through the ceiling, yeah. and, and you just see it, and then they show the layer of him coming down on the wires, and they show like the wireframe of it, and like superimposing it. Yeah, that, that was that. about where I stopped. Okay. I was like, I remember thinking, I was like, wow, this cape would probably look super awesome nowadays if they were to try and do this scene again. We it might, looks really cool, regardless. Right. We might see some but. cape, some cape work in Doctor Strange. I'm kind of thinking we might see yeah, some could. cool cape stuff going on. Mm. We'll see. Jamie Fox wants to, <laughs> he wants to like relaunch Spawn. Like, Honestly, sometimes that all it takes is just somebody like that behind like it Fox, for it to get. I just love that Jamie Fox is apparently a big Spawn. He's so weird. Blows my mind. Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Willie, what have you been watching? I got to get through this quick. There's a lot. Yep. Um, let's start with okay. So IFC, I just recently started PlayStation View. Mm. It's just wonderful. Um, and I was watching some IFC, and they had um a Jaws marathon hosted by Jason Alexander of Seinfeld. I'm not really sure what the correlation <laughs> there is. It was awesome. Um, and I watched Jaws the Revenge, yeah. uh, the fourth Jaws film, which, <clears throat> for those of you that do not know, um, is about uh, Brody's <laughs> wife. So Roy Schreider's character from the original, his wife, Brody has passed away since Jaws 2, and uh, one of their kids gets eaten by a shark, and the shark starts chasing her to the, like, the Bahamas, and her and Michael Caine hop on a boat together, and Michael Caine's like, we're going to kill the shark. 
That's my Michael Caine impression. Remember that? That was good, right? <laughs> and and we're gonna kill the shark. And so they fight a shark. It's not like Mario Van Peebles and we'll the shark. <laughs> they they um they fight the shark with Lance Guest. He has a beard, which he looks pretty cool. And like literally, she has a psychic link to the shark. The shark is coming for her, and and when the shark, shark is kills, actively hunting her. Yes, it's 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 called Jaws: The Revenge. It's because the, the shark shark's out revenge. for revenge. It's gonna kill her, and she has mental images of the shark getting like eating the victims. It's really good. And then Jason Alexander had a lot to say about it. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, Did, isn't fan. there a funny Michael Caine story? Like, wasn't he the Oscars? He, he yeah. was he wasn't there to accept his Oscar win because he's filming Jaws. <laughs> Jaws 4. And people always give him shit about it. And he goes, I loved my Oscar. I love the house I bought with Jaws 4 more. <laughs> something, something like... I'm paraphrasing, but that, that's roughly what he said. That's, he, he, that's beautiful. Yeah. Good job, Michael Caine. Something yeah. like, sort of maybe something like that. I forget what movie it was. He was like, that movie got me an Oscar. Jaws 4 bought me a house or something. <laughs> In, like on an island. Yeah. He knows. I watched a smattering of that 70s show episodes on another channel, probably TBS or something. I don't yeah. know. Did Jason um, Alexander host that as well? <laughs> he did not. He was too busy. He was busy. They can't, he can't be everywhere at once. That's so strange. Is he like a Jaws super fan? I don't know. Does he ever give any credentials as to why? I don't know. I have no idea. Because the, the IFC was calling it there because, you know, Shark Week is a yeah. thing that's been around for a long time. They were calling it their Shark Half a Day. Okay. Yeah. It was like 12 hours of Jaws movies hosted so, by Jason Alexander. Does he Alexander. have an IFC show coming up? Jason Alexander? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> Jason Alexander. I, I, honestly, I didn't want to question it. I was just like, all right. <laughs> I guess you don't question no. a host like that. <laughs> I like to think that maybe he was like in the shark suit in one of the movies or something. <laughs> He's probably... I know, I know Jason Alexander is like one of the world's biggest William Shatner fans. So I could see him hosting like a Star Trek marathon. Yeah. I can like see he, anybody. Anybody here's, here's IFC.com. Jason Alexander is IFC's shark spurt for the Memorial Day Shark Half a Day Marathon. It says as we approach beach season, it is important to remember. Blah 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 blah. To celebrate, oh uh, yeah, to celebrate IFC's Memorial Day Shark Half a Day, a tasty binge-worthy twelve hours or so block. Who needs an entire week airing of all the Jaws franchise films? IFC's shark spurt Jason Alexander is sharing his possibly not entirely accurate knowledge <laughs> in all new IFC promos. Who knew Jason was our nation's foremost expert on questionable shark-related trivia? So it just sounds like they wanted to pick somebody who was a comedian. That'd be know. really funny if like most of what you heard was not true. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, it I don't remember most of what he said. I was, I was just mesmerized by Jaws Four. This you know, is the network that that airs Comedy Bang Bang and so documentary it, now. It should have it should have been like Scott Ackerman, just not. <laughs> Telling random stories that you know are completely false. Jason Alexander is just such a bizarre choice that yeah. I like it. Like I'm like, what? Anyway, he's so, a really funny guy. Yeah, he he was he was funny. He was funny. Um, yeah. So that 70s show, that show's still awesome. I yep. can still watch. Like I was watching some of the episodes, like I'd say season three or four, and that's like peak that 70s show, and it's just great stuff. If you haven't ever watched that 70s show, give it a shot. It's really good. Um, I watched two Disney Channel original films because uh, there's another marathon going on. Yep. Uh, Disney Channel is gearing up for its 100th Disney Channel original movie, which is a remake of Adventures of Babysitting, which I do not advise, but they're does doing it. Star Dolph Lundgren? Um, <laughs> no, no, I don't believe it does. Um, I watched two of them. I watched um, My Mom Has a Date with a Vampire, which was wonderful. Uh, it had uh, Robert Carradine as, as Van Helsing's ancestor, Robert Carradine of, of Runge of the Nerds fame, and he was really good. And um, it had the British guy from The Nanny as the vampire. <laughs> and he was really good. Uh, Mr. Sheffield. He was really good. So I had a good time with that one. 
Um, I also watched uh, Eddie's Million Dollar Cooking Competition, I think it was called. And it's a young, young man who's pressured by his father to play baseball. But in his heart, he knows he's a chef. And he can't. He's got to fight back against those who would put him down for wanting to do something like Hallmark. his dream. Yeah, don't squash his dreams. And he gets a lot of help from celebrity cameo um, in the form of Nick's favorite uh, Hollywood chef, Bobby Flay. Um, <laughs> God. Who gives get, him... Get real. <laughs> when, when did that one come out? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. What, what is it called? Uh, it's like Eddie's Million... or Yeah, I think Eddie's Million Dollar cooking competition something like that eddie's million dollar i can't remember eddie's it. million dollar cook-off from 2003 all right okay. yeah so it's like nearing peak bobby flay time. yeah peak flay peak flay 2003 was a rough year all around yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were all hurting yeah um and then finally i watched um alex and i had a conversation about um on our trip to unsuc- unsuccessfully see top gun um, we had a conversation about Klaus Kinski and his insanity, yes. and I was reminded that I wanted to rewatch um, Werner Herzog's documentary uh, "My Best Fiend," which is about him and him and Klaus's uh, relationship, which I've probably talked about on this podcast. Yeah, before. I, I'm pretty sure um, yeah. it's wonderful. It's on YouTube. It's in German with English subtitles. Just watch it. It's Beautiful. great. It's wonderful. Yeah. All right. I have been watching... I watched two full seasons of a show called You're the Worst, which is on FXX, I believe. Uh, It's paired with The League, so whenever that's on, they've got a new season of You're the Worst. IMDb synopsis is centers on two toxic, self-destructive people who fall in love and attempt a relationship. There's, like, maybe two characters in the entire show that you wouldn't call the worst, and it's kind of really great. It's a funny show, and I, I think people should check it out if they're into that kind of thing. Um, I also watched the first episode of Bloodline Season 2, which is now out on Netflix. And uh, I remember Nick and, and pretty much everybody being kind of skeptical as to how a second season would work. But going off what they're setting up in that first episode, I think they're going to pull it off. I think there's some still some really interesting story to be told uh, especially considering how Bloodline Season 1 worked out. Uh, we did talk about Bloodline Season 1 in a bonus episode last year. Go check that out. And I think John wants to talk about Season 2 as well. So we're probably going to do that if I can get through it. I started watching Season 1 like six months ago. Yeah. I think I'm on Episode 4. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing, really, ba- I'm doing really badly at it. It's, kind of, it's such a slow burn show that it's kind of hard to be like, I really want to sit down and watch all this. I don't this, know what my problem is. Because I like it. But- yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those things where, and I think it's just a tough show to digest, you know, but, uh, Game of Thrones season six is going on. Some things are good. Some things are not. That's, I could talk for a while about this. I'm not going to. Yeah. Maybe we should do a season and we should finally do a season. Wrap Honestly, up. it might be good. Cause this, this would be the one to do it. This yeah. is the one that's where, where they're just, they're doing what like they're divert. I mean, they're not even, they can't say diverting because they're ahead of those books. You yeah. know? So they're it'd be interesting to talk about own. it. I think that there's been an, uh, it, to me, there's been a very obvious shift in this show this season. Yep. And like you said, some is for the better, some is for the worse. So yep. I, I'd, I'd be, I'd like to talk about it at some point. Okay, yeah. cool. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it on my end. So, Willie, you uh, you threw a question out oh, to yeah. us. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I sure did. So, um, a genie appears uh, on the, the mixing board here yes. in front of us. He pops out of his lamp. It could be Robin Williams' genie, if you if you like. <laughs> it could be uh, Andrew DeVoff from the Wishmaster series that's of films. That's the one you want? 
So pick your genie. I just want Andrew Devoff. I know. Yeah, He's the best. What about like Kazam? Wasn't he a genie? Nick, yeah, yeah, Nick yeah. loves Andrew Devoff. I don't think he realizes it, but he loves him. Mikhail from Lost. Eye patch guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real um, good. Plays, plays a genie uh, in a horror movie called The Wishmaster. Everybody watch it. He kills Ted Raimi. <laughs> he murders he Ted Raimi. He murders Ted Raimi by dropping Spoiler a... Spoiler alert. He drops a statue on him. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> really cool. And Vern Troyer's in it, too. Anyway, so... <clears throat> um, and the genie says, uh, fellas, you each get to choose three film props, screen-used film props from any movie or movies. Select your three. And, and I guess I'm asking, what do you guys... What are the three? What do we want? Yeah. I can start. Okay. Okay. Number one, you could all probably guess. The Tron cycle. Identity disc. Yeah. No, it's a light cycle. I went with the light cycle. Okay. I was going to go for the light jet, but I was like, that wasn't real. So I'm going to go down to the light cycle. Because I know they could. Light cycles. Yeah, those were built. So I could take one of those. Absolutely. Uh, Number two, I was thinking had to be one of the amulets from John Carter. Oh, that'd be that cool. That he needs to yeah. traverse back and forth. That's kind of cool. I think that would be pretty awesome to own. That is a good one. They might be on eBay right now, and nobody cares. <laughs> you never but, know. Um, and then number three, I had trouble with. I'm still having some trouble with, because I'm like, I don't really know. I was thinking, like, having an actual pair of Zisu Adidas uh, from The Life Aquatic. I have Zisu Adidas, but they're not perfect. And with have with a, Bill Murray foot smell still. You know, I could. I, I don't know if I necessarily want worn ones, but I wouldn't be opposed to it, I guess. <laughs> but uh, that that would be pretty beautiful to own. So I think cool. those would be my three. I, I Real quick, I jokingly said to Alex when I brought this up to him that he would pick like the spear that John Leguizamo makes in the past that he yeah. like, throws people. <laughs> and he goes, actually, one of the first things that popped in my head was the sunglasses he wears. Because <laughs> <laughs> I tried to find those sunglasses for a long time and I never did. It's beautiful. Uh, Nick, Tim, who wants to go next? Not me. I'm, uh, this is the hardest <laughs> choice I've ever had to make. I'm sorry, Nick. I'm struggling over here. I am going to go with, as my number one, um, the ventriloquist puppet from Purple Rain. The one where yes. Oh, that's, that's great. That's a good one. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Tim. Next thing you know, you're going to sales bonus. That's great. Then uh, my number two, I've wanted this actually since like I was a little kid. And it's weird because it's it's not the best Ghostbusters movie, and it's probably still not gonna be because it's it's okay. Yeah, Ghostbusters two is all right, but I always wanted the painting of the four Ghostbusters at the end oh. <laughs> with uh. the baby. Yeah, I think I, I think that would be wonderful with Oscar. Um, and then my last one, um, kind of it's kind of dark, but the best movie, the best action movie of all time is probably Bad Boys Two. I don't think there's any argument with that. No, uh, I, I, you can you can start one, but I'm not going to hear it. Um, and then the best you want scene one is of that the coffins. That, uh... I want I want I want one of the cadavers <laughs> that they toss out of the back. And it's specifically I want the one whose head pops off when Martin Lawrence and Will Smith hit it with a car. <laughs> because here's the thing. <laughs> Michael Bay is—he's a madman. He's an insane person, and I'm—I like I'm 99% sure that those are fake, but <laughs> no. I don't know. Can't be sure, man. <laughs> this is like when Willie and I walked out of green room, like unconvinced they didn't kill Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <That was so laughs> <real>. Sorry for spoilers. Spoiler alert. <laughs> That's all right. Oh, I'm man. fairly certain. Yeah. 
Yeah, you never. It's like uh, you know those like body worlds exhibits that go to science fairs. Mm. How they found yeah. out like most of those are like Chinese prison cadavers or something. Terrifying. Like that. I could see Michael Bay using the same back. Channel. Buying up some like yeah. Indonesian corpses. To... <laughs> Real quick, while Nick is thinking of it, I I think I'm gonna I'm just gonna guess at one of Gojo's if Gojo is here. Okay. The giant um, Drago banner that hangs in Rocky mm-hmm. Four uh, during the the final fight. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. For sure. Um, Nick, what do you got? The time has come. The genie, the genie grows tired of your... <laughs> the genie beckons. Yes, there's no... Yes. There's Robin no Williams is becoming Andrew DeVoff. All right. <laughs> I think... <laughs> that joke is out there for 0.001% of people. That's okay. <laughs> it's yeah, beautiful. But the, the, for those people. Yeah, those people. <laughs> really just, yeah. Yeah. I'm really happy with the wheeze you just elicited from Alex. <laughs> Those are the best. Oh. Uh, I'm going to go with, for my first one, I'm going to go with Leonard Shelby's uh, camera from Memento. I mean, Ooh, that'd be pretty that's sweet. pretty one. good. If it worked, that would be ideal because I've always wanted a Polaroid camera and they're really expensive. Uh, so that would be kind so of... So you might as well one. buy a really cool one? Yeah, buy an, uh, a noteworthy one. What a Memento. <laughs> <laughs> Leave. <laughs> get out oh boy uh you know i can't think of a really good prop from soldier or ravenous so. <laughs> there's the gotta f- be like a robert carlisle like his, the, his... the robert carlisle that gets closed in the in the, in the bear trap is probably guy, guy pierce is like yeah i'm sure robert carlisle actually jumped in that bear trap um <laughs> Guy Pierce's like outfit is pretty sweet, and Robert Carlyle's hat is really good, but that's okay. Uh, I could talk about ones that didn't make the list for a while, but I think number two, I'm going to go with Inigo Montoya's sword, Ooh, Princess Bride. Yeah, that's good. I don't really want to go with weapons, but I do, because there's so many awesome, iconic ones. Uh, this is where I'm torn. Do I go with something modern that I really love, or something that's really like classic and important? Rosebud. I, I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> I never even thought of that. <laughs> I mean, the oldest movie I thought of was, oh my God, I'm crying a little. The oldest movie I thought of was The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I was trying to think of something from that that would be really uh, sweet. Like the, do- the, the, the serape that he has would yeah. be pretty tight. Uh, you know, the first thing I thought of, and I should probably just go with it, is Han Solo's blaster from the Star Wars movies. Yeah. That's just, yeah, that's just classic. That's just so iconic and so awesome. Yeah. All right, we'll stick with that. See, there, there's a lot of movies coming out that I'm like, I know Doctor Strange is going to come out, and there's going to be something that I was. You want the like, Eye of Agamotto? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to be like, wow, that's a great prop, or I'm going to yeah. want his facial hair or something. But, <laughs> you know, the, oh, there's so many. It's stupid. Damn you, Willie. Sorry. This Maybe- genie. This genie would have to wait. I'd be like, okay, man. <laughs> Grab a seat. It's going to be a minute. Maybe we'll do it again one day. Maybe the genie will return. Yeah. Um, The genie will return. (laughs) um, I was jokingly going to say the Miko Hughes puppet from Pet Cemetery. I knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The the puppet that they attack. uh, uh, Have you ever told the story on the podcast? I I don't know. Oh, I was. I was. I I mean, I. I, I'm kind of paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact details. But we were at the video store working a shift. And like some, like like ten years. This is a really old joke. Long, yeah, so yeah. This is and I think it was around Halloween. And I want to say somebody was ballsy enough to put Pet Cemetery on the TV in the video store. <laughs> probably and you, probably me, at like <laughs> eleven or something. 
if you if your kids are out on Monday at eleven, like they're gonna see Pet Cemetery. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and I remember joking about like we got to the part where where Miko Hughes starts like attacking. Like I said, what's his Fred Gwynn, and it, you can tell it's like a Miko Hughes puppet like shaking around. Like, ah! <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, what happened to the Miko Hughes puppet? Like it's out there somewhere, <laughs> like, yeah. somewhere out there. There is a Miko, Miko Hughes life cast. That they, uh-huh. And I said, we need to find this. Like, we, we need to make a documentary about us trying to find a Miko Hughes puppet. Just driving out to L.A. and then like, <clears> asking around. Just going to the asking, back class. And then meeting up with Miko Hughes and having him help us find the puppet. <laughs> so, anyway. Or sign it, at least. Yes, just to have him sign, like, the forehead of the puppet. Anyway, um, uh, mine are really, really obvious, if you know me. Um. Got to go with a screen-used uh, Jason Voorhees mask, probably from Part 4. That's my favorite because it's got the cool axe, axe wound in the head. Um, definitely Deckard's gun from Blade Runner. I love I that I was going to say it, but I was like, uh, Willie will say it. Yeah. yeah. And then anybody Both the got other a- Harrison Ford weapon. Yeah, it would be wonderful. Anybody got the guess on the last one? I'm going to say... You love the Ninja Turtles, so the Time Scepter from Ninja Turtles Three. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> is Not- it uh, is it Skeletor's giant golden helmet <laughs> that he wears? <laughs> now it is. <laughs> or his scepter, golden disco god Skeletor. Yep. Uh, no, I was actually going to say uh, pulse rifle from Aliens. Uh, Screen yeah. used one. I have known. Yeah. Preferably I Paxton's if I could get a hold of it. I don't know if we ever s- s- talked about the story where we were going to take uh, the. You were going to buy the Dwayne Hicks. Uh, oh, my God. The Dwayne Hicks prop from I, Alien I, I, Should 3. I tell my other prop story then? You want yeah. To okay. Yeah. So I, I've i always wanted to purchase the... I, I hate Alien 3. I I shouldn't say that. It's not fair. No, you I, know, I, 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 hate, I hate Alien 3. There's nothing factually incorrect I hate, about that I statement hate Alien you just 3. made. And um, I wanted to buy the prop Hicks, the corpse that was crushed in Alien 3 because that's the dumbest thing. And I was going to buy it. And I, I was must gonna, own it. I, I was going to... Well, because it was available on a website. I could literally have bought it. Like, yeah. I could have purchased the actual corpse. Uh, the fake Screen actual corpse. Screen used. Yes. Yeah. And I was going to bring it to a con that I knew Michael Bean was going to. And I was going to say, <laughs> Bean, let's destroy it together. Because he's not a fan of that movie either. And um, I, wanted, I, wanted to, I wanted to say, you know, like... I say we take off and nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. That was going to be my, my line <laughs> to him. Yeah. How much was it? It's like a thousand bucks. Yeah, I should have bought it so I could fuck it up. If yeah. if that had come around today, I'm sure we would. All we would have scrounged up yeah. the money. We would have done do it that. just to bring it to Michael Bean yeah. and go do what you will. Just be like, I don't think anybody said anything wardrobe related, did they? Mm-mm. Pick one wardrobe. Pick one I costume. Said, yeah, one costume. Shoes, but yeah, costume? okay, one costume. Oh, off, off the cuff. God. Or if anyone knows right away, say it. Spawn the cape. This is the cape from Spawn. The motorcycle from that. Co- that's a costume, Probably the right? Green Lantern costume from uh, Ryan Reynolds. Oh. Green Lantern. Man, if I were gonna, uh, the costume's tough. Maybe that hoodie Spider Man costume he wears on the first one. The, yeah, the uh, first what wrestling, is the wrestling costume. Yeah. That's cool. That's pretty oh, good. Oh, maybe Bonesaw's costume from the first oh. <laughs> <laughs> Was it really much, though? Was it no. mostly just like, you know, it was mostly his, tights? And... Yeah, his WCW late 2000s costume, <laughs> yeah. Because That's over. beautiful. Yeah, I'll go with that one. Why not? It's good. No! Bruce Campbell's costume from Spider-Man <laughs> 1. Like the smoking jacket yeah, that he's... Oh, yeah, with the glasses? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that one, that one. That is a good one. <laughs> I was oh, hoping you might say Billy Zane's phantom costume, but <laughs> oh well. Probably do like a Captain America 
outfit of some sort. I feel like I already own the one that I want. It's retro, retro Flynn. Oh, from the grid. Screen and, worn. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll take the screen worn one, one for sure. That Nick, would be pretty rad. I don't know. I don't even know. That's a hard question. I shouldn't have even asked. <laughs> you know what weird one popped in my head for some strange reason? I just remember being like a weird looking costume. Has anybody ever seen Bram Stoker's Dracula? The yeah, one oh, like, yeah. That weird red armor. <laughs> that, <laughs> that weird red armor Ew. that Gary Oldman wears all over the place. I'm like, that'd be kind of fun to have. Why just Earth run around in it. I don't know. I don't know. I just thought of myself like trick or treating in it. Like, I don't know. I don't what know. about Gary Oldman's weird like hair yeah, that shield? Big white hair. His yeah. boob hair? Like, well, yeah, he's got uh, the- no, I was thinking from, uh, from Fifth Element. Oh my God. Oh. Like yeah. the weird, like, sh- <laughs> I don't even know what it is. Where he's got, like, a metal dome on yeah. his head. It's like a plastic. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. like a clear plastic, like, yeah, yeah. I w- I would probably, hair guide. Oh, God, it's like a three-way toss-up between, like, Deckard's wardrobe. I actually almost love more than <laughs> the, the gun. It's probably either the Road Warrior costume mm-hmm. or the Star-Lord helmet. Oh, that'd be and cool. And kind of costume, I suppose, with functioning, oh. piercing red eyes. Or the Ant-Man Civil War costume, because it's like the that best thing so ever. <laughs> that one's so good. It's so sweet. Those would be cool. The Ninja Turtles were the first The one original one outfits, like a, yeah. yeah. The other ones... Are, yeah, that doubles, because like you get the actual Ninja Turtles suit. Uh, the other ones that popped in my head would be either a Predator suit... Ooh, that's or, good. ...or an alien suit. Yeah. One of those two. Or uh, David Bowie's outfit from Labyrinth. <laughs> that would be pretty sweet. <laughs> one, one, pick, pick one of his outfits. And, yeah. any, any I couldn't fill it out like Bowie, but, you know... Who I mean, can? Who can? You know? yeah, who can? I got my sister-in-law a David Bowie uh, coloring book for it. It's an, one of those adult coloring books, mm. but it's David Bowie. And on each page, it's got a different Bowie costume, but it's got the, the left, left hand side has like words about like somebody who's familiar with that costume writing about it That's or what awesome. David Bowie said about it. And there's a labyrinth page and it's got a quote from Bowie and a quote from Jennifer Connelly. That's perfect. So. All right. Well, thank you, Willie, for, for that. Yes. Um, it's time for us to move on to our full review of Brian Singer's X-Men Apocalypse. The uh, IMDb synopsis says, With the emergence of the world's first mutant apocalypse, the X-Men must unite to defeat his extinction-level plan. Uh, this movie stars James McAvoy, Michael the Last Fastbender, Jennifer Lawrence, Nicholas Holt, Oscar Isaac, Roseburn, Evan Peters, Josh Hellman, Sophie Turner, Ty Sheridan, Lucas Till, Cody Smith-McPhee, Ben Hardy, Alexa Ship, and Lana Condor. And, uh, yeah, we've talked about X-Men Days of Future Past on a previous episode, so you can go check out our feelings on that. We've also probably talked about this movie a fair amount. I think we talked about the Wolverine, too. Yeah, and the Wolverine as well. Yeah. yeah. So those are two X-Men movies that we've had full episodes for. But, um, yeah, I think we've talked about Apocalypse, and I think there's been a lot of reticence in this crowd for it. There was, at least. And uh, let's see if it was founded. Nick, what did you think of X-Men Apocalypse? (laughs) (laughs) X-Men's really tricky as a franchise because... How old was I when the first X-Men came out? I was probably... came out in 2000, right? Yeah. Spring, summer... I was probably 14. Summer 2000, yep. I was the perfect age for the first X-Men movie because I grew up 
absolutely worshiping the X-Men cartoon in the 90s. Like it was I lo- oddly enough I probably saw the Spider-Man one more, but the X-Men one I just always liked better, but the Spider-Man one is so awesome. And to this day <laughs> I really want to see Morbius in a movie because he was so sweet in that cartoon. <laughs> but this isn't about that. Um, anyway, I just loved I loved X-Men so much. My dad had old X-Men comics and he didn't have a lot of like stuff like that left over from when he was a kid, but he had some some old X-Men comics and they were really sweet. And uh, they they just always were the the coolest like group because of how integral it was that they got along and worked with each other and like the other heroes were cool like even Iron Man who sucked back then you kind of liked because you're like yeah he's cool he flies around in a suit but X there was something really cool about X Men and you always could focus on different characters and they all had interesting stories interesting perspectives and so as long as like I can effectively remember in my movie going you know semi young adult adult life x-men movies have been around and they've always been kind of the same thing like kind of the same cast roughly kind of the same aesthetic and universe that hasn't been rebooted yet like almost every other superhero has since then they it, kind of have it tried. Feels like yeah it's true and yeah. then they kind of brought it around again and, and it, it worked really well for the last movie yeah. so it's really it's really hard to judge objectively because even if it's bad which it is in this case Part of me always gets really excited when there's a new X-Men movie coming out. Like, I always kind of am a little bit like, okay, here we go, another one. And it's it's kind of exciting. Like, I, I'm not sick of them yet. And even after seeing this one, I'm still kind of not sick of it, even though it, I didn't like it. So I'm having a hard time with how I feel about this one. Basically, the long and short of it, <clears throat> it's, not, it's not good. Uh, it's not a good movie. But... I'm going to even go out on a limb and say that that, that can't be argued, <laughs> that, it, that, it is a, that it is a good movie. But it's it's kind of fun. I kind of liked some of it, and I kind of really didn't like some of it. Uh, it's better than Last Stand, but it's probably the next worst beyond that. Oh, Wolverine Origins. I, yeah, I don't even count that. Okay. That's a Wolverine movie. I guess, okay, if we're going to count it as an X-Men movie, that, that, that's fair. They're all essentially Wolverine movies. Uh, <laughs> then, then this is better than that. But the thing, it does some things really, really well. That is I think, origins better than Last Stand. No, no, no. Okay, okay. no, because Last Stand has Kelsey Grammer, okay. and he's flawless. <laughs> <laughs> I think Origins is one of the worst. Okay. It's one of the Period. worst movies ever. Yes. <laughs> like it's, it is by and far easily one of the worst movies post <laughs> of like the 21st century. It's terrible. It's unbelievably bad, especially on like on a, on a ratio of budget to like final output. It's it's embarrassing. <laughs> Return on investment. It's, a, it's embarrassing. I honestly that much might watch Electra before I'd wow. watch again before I'd watch that. Well, that's a bold claim. <laughs> well, Electra's. F- Never mind. Let's not get into this. Because or- Origins, <laughs> and the, the one, the one saving grace of Origins is Liev Schreiber as Sabretooth. That first, who's the really opening sweet. credits. And the opening credits are really good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And in the opening scene, Taylor Kitsch's Gambit. Yeah, it wasn't a great like he no. wasn't given much to do, but I feel like I enjoy the. You kind of, you kind of, kind of help, but just when he's on screen, you just kind of go, <laughs> <laughs> like Sean William Scott and most of Goon, just kind of grin. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, but Apocalypse, it ha- it it has so much that feels incredibly dated, and that may have been a conscious decision, and in a way, it's kind of funny. I think it's what made the movie an enjoyable bad versus an angry bad. Like, Origins is, like, angry bad. And Apocalypse, we were kind of at least laughing most of the time at the bad stuff. But there, there's so much that, that just the world of, of superhero movies has left Brian Singer behind, and he hasn't adapted with it. 
And that's fine, but he just needs to hang it up. I think like bring someone else in. Like it, it's all it's all well and good to watch a silly dumb X Men movie and be like, oh, that was pretty bad, but at least I laughed. But like I would easily cash that in for like a really good quality, just like awesome X Men movie. So there's some good things about it. I really like the young cast. I think they're all good. Uh, uh, I always forget Sansa Stark's real name. Sophie, Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner. I wish she had a little bit more to do because she did kind of a, she was good on and off and I was super against her casting at the beginning but I like the young ones uh, Fassbender and McAvoy are incapable of being bad they're like Ewan McGregor in the prequels where even though they're surrounded by filth they're like <laughs> they rise above it yeah. and somehow the, McAvoy is so awesome as Charles Xavier like he just with each iteration I think I, he actually gets better <laughs> which is crazy uh, but anyway yeah that's about it the effects are bad uh it has a scene that I've wanted for a long time and it finally happens and I'm cool with it, even though it really shouldn't be in this movie. Uh, we'll talk about it later. And, um, yeah, we finally got Cyclops and Nightcrawler right. I think for the most part, there's not enough of them. Oh, we got, we got on screen Corsair. He's in the movie technically, right? <laughs> we see Scott's parents. That's true. Oh, yeah. They're not dead. That's true. I didn't even think about that till later. I was like, wow, I so Cy- like Cyclops origin is actually way wrong, but all as right. soon as they cut to that <laughs> scene, I was like, I feel like Nick's going to be sad about this seeming deconfirmation of the star jammers <laughs> yeah that's true that star jammers spinoff i want <laughs> isn't gonna not happen. gonna happen no oh well not with not not in the x-men universe but maybe that's no. a good thing actually so anyway overall it, it is what it is but tim how'd you like x-men apocalypse i want to talk about how torn i am with the x-men franchise too <laughs> please it's, it's pretty much i mean pretty much the same thing like i yeah I, when that first x-men came out i really liked it mm-hmm. uh when i was young and i grew up with the comics and everything and the cartoon. And then I really love the second one. And then I remember being so mad when Brian Singer left. And now I wish he would leave again. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the... I think I talked about this on the last one. Here's the... I, I should say I like this movie. Um, it's not a good movie. And Nick's right. I don't think you can argue it for it being <laughs> technically a good movie. Because as far as filmmaking goes, like... None of it makes any sense. It's paced. Like, it reminds me of... I guess I've kind of come, become comfortable with Brian Singer's pacing. Because he paces it like an X-Men, like, novel. Like, it's just... You, you go out to the beach with an X-Men, you're there for two and a half hours. It doesn't, it doesn't really flow well. It's kind of choppy, but he's got you there. Um, where was I? So, yeah. I guess I was just in the mood for this year. There have been Deadpool, which is an anti-hero fighting. He's the good guy. And then the two superhero movies where they fought each other. And I guess I just kind of liked that. It was a simple good guy versus bad guy story. And that helped me get through it. There was enough just goofy X-Men moments in it that I went, I I can't not like that. The first half, honestly, the first half of the movie I really enjoyed. And I think it's because, it focused a lot on Fastbender, and Fastbender is—he's way too good. He's way too good in this movie. <laughs> like the scene where I just realized is a spoiler, so I won't say it. <laughs> <laughs> the that scene, like I felt emotionally affected by. And, like there is no reason for that in the stupid movie. Um, <laughs> it's true. Um. I was having fun watching Jennifer Lawrence just not want to be there at all. Um, 
it was really it was really funny for me just to watch someone just really hate where they're at. Phone it in. Did you did you read Farachi's review? Yeah, the full thing. Did you did you read it before the movie? Uh, no, no. I, oh, I okay. Yeah. I read it before, and he had the one statement where he said Jennifer Lawrence is constantly looking off screen for the craft services table. <laughs> Like wondering where the next hot cup of tea is or some snack. And the whole movie I was watching, whatever her eyeline was, I was like, just imagining the craft services <laughs> over there. And I was like, oh, I can't unthink that. Now. I feel like we need some Will kind of a, yeah. we need some kind of other Langella scale for people phoning it in that we can. I feel like the top two contenders are Jennifer Lawrence in these last two X Men movies and uh, Natalie Portman and Thor uh, Thor the Dark World. Yeah, those are yeah. The king of phoning in right now is Bruce Willis, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. The undisputed king. That is, anyway, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm, this, I'm actually, sorry, we should seriously come back around to this, because this would be so much fun to do. <laughs> <laughs> we'd, have, we'd have to find the king and then, and then work backwards from there. All right. I remember where I was going. So part of me loves that Marvel doesn't own the X-Men, like Marvel Studios. Uh, I love that, because I think the X-Men should exist in their own silly, weird universe away from everything. Yeah. Um, but, and I think I said this on the Days of Future Past, but if Marvel Studios owned it, they'd be doing so much cooler things. They'd be in space. Um, they'd Star be Jammers it. would be happening. Mm-hmm. And, like, part of it, like, it, it, like, it hurts so bad. But I guess, and the other bummer is, <laughs> Brian Singer, bless his heart, uh, understands, I think, and someone can argue with me if they want, but I, I think he kind of gets only three X-Men characters. Yes. I think he's good with Wolverine. I think he's good with Professor X and Magneto. I do not think he understands the rest of them at all <laughs> as far as what their actual characters are. Um, I didn't mind the young X-Men in this. Ugh! I was so bad at one point, though. Um, I got to talk about it now because I'll forget about it in spoilers, and it's not really a spoiler. But you can tell there's in the marketing um, pictures and everything, there's a scene where there's a Dazzler vinyl. And they're like, the kids are shopping at a mall. Mm-hmm. And I was really looking because it's such like a Chris Claremont thing to yeah. do oh, yeah. where like the X-Men just kind of hang out. And Even the pilot episode of the cartoon, they're at a mall fighting yep. Sentinels and it's really great. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, those were the X-Men comics I love. Like there's one I own where it's just them playing softball for the entire issue. And I'm like, ah! Yeah. Or the one where they go to the bar. Remember that one? Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. So those are the ones I love. And. Like he goes, like let's go to the mall. Cyclops is like, let's all go to the mall. I'm like, oh my god, the ex the ex kids are going to the mall, and then they just cut to a joke, a ballsy joke about how shitty Ret- Return of the Jedi is. And I'm like, oh Brian, no, come on now. He's making a joke about a film. The writer is making a joke in that about X Men: The Last Stand, which is a film he wrote. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, but the film that joke technically also applies to the film that you're watching. Exactly. So that was that was gutsy. Um, and the I've, prophecy is fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm being mostly negative right now, but there was some stuff I liked. I like the Magneto stuff in this. Um, I like I just like Fastbender. I do like Professor X in this. Um, I like some of the big X Men moments. I. Apocalypse, Apocalypse is terrible, but yeah. he's terrible for me, at least in a hilarious way, because I almost, I, th- I think I said it to Willie afterwards, I think his powers aren't clear in this movie at all. No. Apparently, he can turn people into sand and or walls, but the only thing I can think of is his power is making movies longer by just talking <laughs> nonstop, because every time he's on screen, it's just like, oh my God, false gods. And he talks so slow. And, just, and he just looks goofy. He looks terrible. I mean, yep. the Ivan News comparison is spot on. It's so spot on. <laughs> so, uh, but I laughed at him, and I kind of like the girl that plays Storm. Um, I thought she was all right. 
but even the kids, I like the kids, but God, give them something to do. Like that, that was, I don't know. Yeah. It's a bummer that I feel, and, and even you, I think slightly, I don't want to speak for you, but feel just kind of apathetic. Like we can't be bothered to stick up too much for this movie or to condemn it when it totally could be, which is kind of a problem. Like I think we really need to be reinvested in the X-Men. I think, yeah, I've just, I, I, he need, I, I would really like if Brian Singer stopped making these, um, and that's the thing is like going into this and I had really low expectations and it's just because I made peace with the fact that I, I just don't care about Brian Singer's version of the X-Men at this point. So you think even if they kept this universe, but got somebody else that we would, yeah, they would Please. be able to write the ship. Yeah. Yeah. I like, that's fair. I like the cast for the most part. And it, Jennifer Lawrence doesn't want to come back, and that's fine. But they don't yeah. need Mystique. I don't no. understand why they always it's not, relied <laughs> so heavily on Mystique in these movies anyway. Um, it's because they wanted Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer inside. Lawrence. But even before that, in 1 and 2, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, she was a clever she plot went, device in the first one mm-hmm. to, like, pose as people. I was, was like, oh. Well, and it was an injection of sex, too. Because, mm-hmm. you know. Man, yeah. They oh. they did. I just read today that in an interview or something, Brian Singer said he wanted a break f- from the X Men after these last two. He well, he's just, making twenty thousand leagues into this. He wants to do something else. Mm-hmm. So that, I God, I just read please. a thing saying that he's making that and he'll be tied up for a couple of years. There's no way. Please. Well, they, they, I think they're working on an X Force and a New Mutants or something yeah. like that. He's. I don't think we're going to see him come back for a while. He might be a producer, or, which is fine. He can right. do that, Yeah. Willie, your thoughts on X Men Apocalypse? Um, I'll save most of it for spoilers. I didn't like them. I mean, I I had fun with the movie. I laughed at its expense a lot, which which can be great. Um, I think the only bummer is like I'm I'm totally cool with doing that at a movie like and Tim compared it to this movie and and I think it's totally a fair comparison to Gods of Egypt. Um, yeah. Where like Gods of Egypt, I feel totally I'm happy to laugh at and happy to laugh with. X-Men I take a little more seriously, you know, because it's like a thing that I like and that I grew up with. So I did have fun in the theater while I was watching it, and I did laugh at it in the same way that I laughed at Gods of Egypt. But but after after that little buzz of of having fun wore down, I went, ah, it kind of sucks that I I did that the whole time. Like, I I shouldn't have to do that the whole time. Um, That being said, there are moments of brilliance in the movie, I think. There are moments that shine through. Unfortunately, I don't think... I'm I'm just parroting everybody else, but I don't think we're going to see those moments expanded beyond just small moments until we get some other creative minds in there to freshen things up. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Matthew Vaughn was able to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I didn't really like this movie very much. Um, I felt that it was way too long, and there are a lot of things that I felt could be cut out of it, including all of Apocalypse. Um, and like, it just, it seems so inconsequential and I don't know that to me, the coolest thing about the age of apocalypse comics is kind of wondering how the weird shuffling of mutants happened being like, why are those people the horsemen? And in this case, you get two horsemen that you really know and you don't really understand why they're there. And then you get two other horsemen that are like, well, these people are cool. And let's have them, too. Because they can be interesting looking. And that's sad, because I wanted to kind of be like, wow, why aren't they with Professor X? Or like, what what kind of, what did Apocalypse do to make that happen? I think that's kind of compelling. The 
Apocalypse having weird nebulous powers that he carries over from body to body is just kind of like no (laughs) like that doesn't that doesn't make for anything compelling especially like it doesn't it makes the whole third act of the movie not make sense to me well it's hard to figure out like what they can do or how to even avoid his powers because you don't even know like yeah like it doesn't (laughs) there's no part where the team really understands what they need to do to defeat him other than they just got to bombard him right which doesn't even make for very strategic x-men tactical moves which is a really cool part of the movies when they do pull that off which is albeit way too rare for yeah. the fact that these are X-Men movies. Well, and the problem from an audience perspective is if, if nothing is defined, you don't really, you're not establishing any sort of... There's no risk. There's no boundaries for tension, yeah. Yeah. And, and so every time Apocalypse walked on screen, I was like, what's he going to do? And, and if, you, if, you're incredible, if you're really skilled and savvy about it, you can do it kind of like the Joker in Dark Knight, where you, you, you don't know what he's capable of or what he's doing, but you're still, you still feel tense. You're along for the ride. But you, get, it, you, you have a demonstration of his abilities earlier that kind of shows you that he's something to be feared plus he's he's a man ultimately so yeah. you know in a way that if the hero works hard enough they can overcome with apocalypse you're like what's gonna stop this guy if he yeah. really wants to destroy yeah. the world like so that that that's the main failure of this movie this movie is called x-men apocalypse and i don't care about apocalypse at all mm-hmm. so that's stupid um <laughs> The one other thing that I have that's a problem now, it wasn't a problem in Days of Future Past because I'm able to overlook it, but now that we are 20 years out from first class, the fact that nobody has aged a day is so preposterous. There's direct quotes from Brian Singer Uh saying Alex Summers is not – he's not Cyclops' brother in first class. Uh Uh-huh. Producer Brian Singer of X-Men First Class is like, yeah, that's not going to work this timeline. But here we are. Somehow, like, Havoc is 38 years old and and his brother is like 15 or something like that. It That makes absolutely no sense. Regardless if I throw out all of the other X-Men continuity timeline bullshit which doesn't matter anymore after days of future past it's kind of like it still doesn't make any sense so i i just find it hard to care if you don't care about the details then i sure as hell don't give a shit and i and i and i know a lot of people have said this but i mean i always kind of go oh x-men continuity is goofy anyway but like even in the comics they at least make an attempt they at least make a yeah. half assed attempt to explain away some of it i mean <laughs> this one just random all right havoc fought in the vietnam war yeah <laughs> like, yeah. like and he's here yeah. and he's the most confusing part that i didn't even realize until later was uh somebody uh, it's kind of a spoiler so i guess i can't i can't talk about it till later okay the we... one thing i forgot to mention that i thought was hilarious and speaking of staying firmly rooted in the in the year 2000 is brian singer's insistence on like weird like wormhole camera shots like flying through things yeah. that go on for way too long and like they the feel planes? like the menus for like dvds the, when the, you put them in the the opening credit sequence <laughs> yes. for this movie made me giggle so hard it's, it's just like what are these little model planes flying around? Like, what? It's like, it's supposed to be, I don't even know why. You're going through time. You're traveling was, through the ages. I thought it was cool when it was like, 
I don't know. Like, wasn't it DNA strands? Wasn't and it stuff. DNA strands yeah. and like maybe like brain dendrites and stuff yeah. in the first minute? Like, was like Fight Club does it too. Yeah, brain dendrites. it was yeah, like sure. you know what? That's cool. Fine, do that kind of thing. But when it gets down to like, here's like this weird diorama of everything that's happened since Apocalypse was around. It's like, <laughs> why? <laughs> this, I, yeah, it's not a it's not a mark in the wind column for this movie. But this movie gave me like weird fuzzy feelings for the year 2000 <laughs> exactly. and, t- and like that's not well it's like the theme when you hear that x-men theme kick in you're mm-hmm. kind of like uh, yep. uh, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't fight it but it's not good yeah so. all right we're gonna <laughs> hop into spoiler terry so come right back after the spoiler ter- or after the break here if you want to hear us spoil x-men apocalypse Here we are in spoiler Terry for X Men Apocalypse. Nick, what was the one thing that you were just about to say? <laughs> uh, that I said it was a spoiler. Oh, oh, some so somebody reminded me. They said, okay, so at the end of Days of Future Past, uh, William Stryker retrieves Wolverine, but it's actually Mystique posing as William Stryker. Yeah. What happened in between? Yeah. So on somehow actual- Stryker got got his hands on actual Wolverine. Somehow striker. striker is fine and and gets gets Wolverine and gets him to Alkali Lake anyway, and and Mystique just forgets. Did Wolverine have the bone claws in he, he Days did. of Future Past? So he has gone through the whole adamantium bonding process since okay. then. So he did actually have the bone claws. I he did. I didn't remember yeah. that. I thought for some reason they came back after. Well, that's the fun part, Alex. Is after that the Wolverine, at the end of the Wolverine, he's got bone claws yeah. again. But then by Days of Future Past in the future, he's got Metal Claws again. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that but what you're referring past, to? in the past, he's got the Bone Claws, but now he's got the Metal Claws again. <laughs> okay. Here's the, here's yeah, the, I just didn't know if in the actual uh, 70s part of Days of Future Past... He had the Bone he had, Claws. Okay, yeah. so good. That's the, good. The Wolverine came out prior to Days of Future Past, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So effectively, that was part of the original timeline. Yes. Now the timeline has been reset. We have a secondary timeline in the wake of Days of Future Past. Yes. But the Wolverine is getting a sequel. So are we getting a sequel to the movie that is no longer essentially valid, or are we just getting a progression of... Is it just another Wolverine movie, or is it actually a sequel to The Wolverine? You know? Do they know? I, I don't... I don't care. See, the That's weird the thing, thing is, like well, that. one of the things that I actually liked about the Wolverine was the fact that it pertain like he, Logan was dealing with the death of Jean Grey from the Last Stand, which I did not expect. At the time. I didn't expect, yeah. but I thought I was like, this is actually compelling and interesting <laughs> sure. to me. So the fact that they could draw on movies that they didn't necessarily love, but could make something compelling happen out of it. They could make lemonade out of the lemons. Yes. Like, that was good. So I don't know what they're going to do here. Like, is it just going to be standalone Old Man Logan where nothing previously Please. matters at all? That's probably for the best. That, here's, here's what cracks me up about the whole, like, timeline and all that madness and stuff. Like, it doesn't... The age thing, I just let go. Because I'm like, it's really dumb, but in comic books, no one's age makes sense anyway. So, screw it. They've been through... They're old, well older than I am at this point, and, and Peter Parker's still in college, so it's fine. Like, whatever. But the the thing is, they totally... They did the same thing in, in Days of Future Past, I thought, where they just ignore 
shit that happened in first class. Like, okay, I get it. Ten years have passed. There's plenty of things that can happen in ten years. I understand they want to set it in a different decade. But, like, to me, it's so cheap. Where like It just seems like a cheap way to wash away anything you don't want to carry over from the last movie. It's like... I, it took me forever to figure out in Days of Future Past that, like, half the kids from first class died during experimentation. Like, they just, like... Oh, yeah, they died in experiment. What? Like, they did? Okay, thanks. I kind of liked Banshee, but all right, sweet. Banshee was cool. You know what I mean? Like, it just... Yeah. It feels like... First class it, is sweet. It's First class so is sweet. great. <laughs> it's so sweet. But that's that was one of the things... That, that initially gave me a bad taste when I watched Days of Future Past. I was just like... Really? That's it? Like, I don't give a shit about Angel with her little dragonfly wings, whatever. Don't, she doesn't have to come back. Or Azazel other or Angel. any of those people. But like, Banshee, it would have been nice to know what happened to Banshee. Or Emma Frost. Like, I didn't like her in the last one, but she was kind of important. So, like, what happened to her? Like, and nothing that they set up for the, for the what seemed like the obvious choice to move into for the next movie. They didn't do anything. They're like, no. Yeah. Ten years have passed. Don't care. All right, cool. Like, wasn't Magneto breaking out at the begin at the end of first class? Like, breaking out of prison with what's-her-face? Yeah, he helmet yeah. on it. It's- Awesome. It's super cool. <laughs> okay. And then by the time Days of Future Past rolls around, he's back in prison. I'm like, what? This? Didn't work know. the first time. And the, <laughs> yeah, Brian, the thing is, you can explain that away, well, but yeah. then you find yourself like exposition. Well, you see what happened was he... Uh, it's he, all in the viral marketing because he killed Kennedy, right? That's great, that's but I gets... don't give a fuck about viral marketing. Yeah. This is not 2000. Once again, this is not 2001, 2002, like no, where I'm yeah, like hopping I, on the I agree the ARG thing and that marketing was sweet though. Did you go to that that I website that was the no. timeline? No. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> I I don't doubt it, but I'm like, there's got to be a way to incorporate it was actually some of that. Really it shouldn't awesome. allow you to leave holes in your in your story, like uh, yeah, illogical I, holes. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not going to talk about that. Anymore. I wanted to argue really quick. I thought while the Magneto stuff was really good, mm-hmm. I felt that everything prior to him being at Auschwitz was completely useless. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, because I think, <laughs> I think the, I think Magneto, regardless of having a family that just died, would have had the same reaction at Auschwitz without that family dying. Yeah, no, you're probably no. I I get that, I, and I understand that. I just, it just feels like let's shit on Magneto the series. Yeah, and I like and and I like shitting on Magneto. <laughs> That's that's cool. Is that in shame? But um, no, in a movie he's at his best when he's covered in shit. In a movie that's two hours and fifteen minutes long, I'm kind of like, you could be taking away from this and making us care about apocalypse. Maybe like, part of it, well, gosh, it's just maybe I just like I, I just like watching Fastbender more. No, and I totally agree. Is so bummed that remember they were throwing out that uh, Magneto solo movie. I yeah. All I wanted to see after that was Magneto just globe hopping and killing Nazis. Yep. And like, oh my god, that part where he take where he takes what is it he takes in this? Knife. The locket. The Steak locket. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the locket and shoots. I'm like, oh my god, that was amazing. <laughs> and then I actually, I mean, yeah, I liked that stuff. Um, it was a little confusing with his daughter. I yeah. wasn't sure if it was supposed to be Polaris for the longest time, and then she starts getting to that. I'm like, Polaris doesn't control animals. <laughs> Maybe she's controlling the polarity of the animals. Um, so. <laughs> um, I like Maybe that. she can only control polar animals. <laughs> I or from Poland. That Auschwitz, <laughs> that Auschwitz scene is so over the top. Oh, yeah. I loved it so much. Like it, it is. Whoa! <laughs> Was it you that said that? But it, well, no, no. It just here's the, the I, I, like the, the Auschwitz scene. Like it starts off really good, and I was like, all right, like he's back here, like he's feeling it, and then like like they keep doing this after the Auschwitz thing too. They show those doofuses in the background and all their like yeah. cosplay outfits, <laughs> yep. and like, and I, I'm instantly just sucked out of it. Yeah. I'm like, 
hey, I read comics. I know what the costumes look like. I get it. But like when I'm, I'm enjoying this, I'm, I'm feasting on this, this acting, this fine acting by Michael Fassbender. And then fucking Power Ranger villain shows up in the background. He's like... <laughs> Oh, that was so funny. Oh, God. Yeah, and Olivia Munn. in her bikini. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Just hanging out at Auschwitz in my bikini with my katana. It's so dumb. Psylocke was so wasted. So I, she, I to be fair, she was less wasted than she was in X-Men The Last Stand. That's, she was, was in it. she in? <laughs> exactly. She sure was. She's hanging with like, Callisto and yeah, stuff, she gets, right? Yeah, she has yeah. zero lines of dialogue and gets dissolved into dust for no reason. Still, like, I don't this isn't that. much better, <laughs> but... Also, better use of can we can we can we do it real quick? Can we talk about our favorite? Oh, Angel. Yeah. All right. Oh my god. Better used in this once again in the Last Stand, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Angels. The scene where they introduce Angel is fucking hysterical. <laughs> At the Fight Club. And, oh wait, I'm sorry. The scene oh, where he's raging where he in the get, barn. Where he gets his, his he's wings. drinking vodka, listening to Metallica. Yeah. The Four Horsemen by the Metallica in a barn, <laughs> shirtless, and he gets sexually assaulted by Apocalypse. Yeah, you read it that way. Did any, Maybe a lot of people did. I, I didn't see it's, it that way. It's, but. I, I'm not saying that it's like, like I, I think that was on purpose. Like, I think it was like, uh, like it's like he's, Apox is like, I'm going to give something to you. <laughs> and then like, he's like, like the, I'm sorry. It was a little rapey. Like no, he's, he's screaming in pain as he's, never mind. I'm not going to get into it. It was rapey. Also, <laughs> the, like the following scene when he, it's like, he starts touching Angel's face and he gives him these stupid face tattoos, which are totally unnecessary. They make him blue. He looks cool and he's blue and he's got the metal wings. Like, all these fucking face tattoos. Yeah. He's got a dumb haircut at that point, too. Like, did the Apocalypse actor... cut his hair? What's that? Did the Apocalypse cut Angel's yeah, hair yeah, at yeah, some yeah. point? Yeah. Like, the, like, I want to see that scene. Like, where's that? Where he's like. It was happening in the background when Magneto was on the telephone. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, once again, Magneto's on the telephone and he's like having like a conversation. Well, he's not on the telephone, but he's psychically talking with, with Professor Xavier, Xavier X. Xavier and I'm like, phone. sweet, this is our first interaction. Like, I love these two playing off each other. They're great together. And then once again in the background, I've got these fucking dorks again. And this time, he's molesting <laughs> see, Angel in the background. What? You know what? If, if, I would be totally. I would be more forgiving if it was just apocalypse, like detailing angel. But the problem is that not only He's is it that, but it's also Psylocke and Storm are like standing next to him, watching. They're like observing the whole like, thing. What are you? Why are you there? Like, what are you doing? Isn't so there a moment weird. too? So they're like out of focus in the background, which yeah. is really funny. It's like a naked gun sight gag or something. Yeah. And at one point, doesn't it like cut away to apocalypse going like? <laughs> yeah. Looking like, over to check. Don't on him. you wish to watch? <laughs> it's so gross. What, what are you doing? There might be my favorite yes. blurb I read uh, review about this movie said this movie gave us the origin of two X Men hairstyles and the main villain's power is basically three D printing. Would see again. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man! Yeah, no, Angel was stupid. He uh, was awesome. He, uh, <laughs> remind, remind me. Uh, do Xavier and Charles team up in Days of Future Past? Do they have to come together to fight a common threat? No, in the Sentinels, in the future world they they do. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. in the in the seventies they don't. No, okay. Magneto that, is the villain. That's what this movie should have been about. Like it should have been about Magneto and company and Charles and company. You know, trying to trying to come together again and fight the common evil of Apocalypse and pick four randoms like pick Psylocke and Angel or whoever as the Horseman. That's fine. Uh, but don't make Magneto one of the horsemen. That's Wouldn't it have been cool to, to? This is an opportunity to do something like bring back like Banshee or something. Where, you know, like like, yeah, like somebody bring like someone a, back. like an ex student who like yeah, if he resurrected like the 
even if you resurrected the ones that died because like all of them died in who first cares, class. Who cares though? I mean, that's the thing is like like the whole thing about being a horseman apocalypse is, has always been about corruption. Well, Angel's kind of a douche to begin with in this movie, so whatever. Magneto's Magneto. And then the other two we know nothing about. So, like, give me, like... Who's the fourth sh- one? I don't even remember. Storm. Storm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, show me, like, like take, like, one of the students and, and corrupt them. Like, like Beast even would, would have been interesting. Having Hank become one of the horsemen, like, I would have... That at least gives you, like, like an idea of, like, that his power can actually, like, take over. Like, I, like, I know nothing about any of those people. I could have been Dick's to begin with. Exa- so. Yeah. Like, there's no, really, and there's no real indication other than, like... It's such it's another it's another Hitler allegory. Like he's just charismatic and can yeah, convince you true. to join him. They're all just kind of doing it of their own will. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, you know, I don't know. I will make you stronger. I liked the okay. kind of if it was anybody other than like if somebody was not phoning in the part, I liked the mystique as like a paragon kind of thing. Having that cuz we're in a weird offshoot timeline, having her kind of be heroic and like Maybe fighting that or something like that would be interesting to me, but there's because I would have accepted her, yeah, because nobody there cares about what's going on. I don't. It just reminded me too much of Hunger Games, where like her posters up and like the kids are like, yeah, no, yeah, she's that's, the hero. that's totally fair. That was, I was that's, like, yeah. Um, was it one of you guys that said like the one character with <laughs> the one character with wings dies in a plane crash? Was that, that, that was from Devin Farachi's. Okay, review, okay, yeah. good. That was really funny. Which the the just this sentence made me laugh because I was like, wings. that is kind of. A good way to sum up this movie. Yeah. But I, I do want to... I want to be Tim and be optimistic about a couple things. Me too. You want to be Tim You too. also want to be Tim? Okay. <laughs> we can both be Tim. Well, congratulations. Um, I... I actually really enjoyed and bought the Cyclops Jean Grey kind of romance. I kind of I kind of liked that they, that they dug each other. Um, I read some review that somebody was criticizing this movie because they said... Uh, school of mutants making fun of a mutant for not being able to control her powers that doesn't seem right they're all there for the same they basically they were saying it was bad that kids were pick, supposedly picking on gene gray because we never actually saw it but they said that kids were picking on gene and 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 cyclops for not being able to control their powers and whoever was reviewing it they can't even bother to be mentioned thought this was bad and i was like no way that makes that's fine they're kids like they're adolescents kids, people will yeah. always, kids will always pick on kids i assume like, they were more the scared of them than anything yeah. else i didn't get probably it. Yeah. uh but anyway, I, I liked the two of them. I thought they there was a little bit of. I don't really like Sophie Turner even on Game of Thrones. I don't. I don't. I think she's always underutilized. Basically. She's gotten way better. She's really underwritten. Traditionally, I haven't watched Game of Thrones in, in a couple years. She's so. probably one of the better parts of this season. She, she's okay. Yeah, they stepped it up. Fine. So, so she's capable. Yeah, I'm saying, yes, but she's totally. never written enough. Um, I I would agree with your statements watching the first three or four seasons yes. of Game of Thrones. Okay. Um, so I kind of I kind of think there's there's potential for the two of them. I I liked uh, I liked both of them. I liked that Cyclops wasn't overly brooding and he wasn't like a douchebag like Brian Singer likes to make him. So <laughs> that was cool. Uh, Quicksilver is amazing. Uh, Evan Peters is so natural in these movies. I I think he requires no. I hope Brian Singer doesn't direct him. I hope Evan Peters just comes on set with the script and goes okay and then does it because he's just is effortless on screen. Um, Nightcrawler was really cool. I was really happy to see like. A, a kind of a silly Nightcrawler and not like sad Nightcrawler. That brooding Alan Cumming. Yeah, we don't need that. And I was really jazzed. This is such a tiny detail, but that they showed the dimension that Nightcrawler goes through when he teleports. Oh my that God. Was, that was the coolest shot of the movie. Yeah, that, that was, was that really... Was the, well, the, okay, good. I'm that was you. really sweet. That was... I, like, I was kind of just kind of sitting there and then that happened and I was blown away. That, like, was, that what, was one of the coolest things. That and that's happen? like the only... It's, when, when, the it's really battle. brief. It's right when, when he brings Charles onto the to the Blackbird. 
You, oh, it's very band. fleeting, oh, but I it's even really tight. It's a really, really tight. But and honestly, Brian, so Brian Singer has one good shot in this movie, and that's it's something <laughs> something unique enough that I walked away from it going, remember when? Because like even a movie that I didn't love, like Godzilla, uh, Gareth Edwards' Godzilla, there were moments where I was like, that was cool, that was cool, that was cool. And in this movie, there's very little of that. It was it was essentially a one shot of Nightcrawler and and Xavier. Focused on them, but you could see the 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 real or like the the uh, the dimension shift around them. Yeah. Was it all creepy and stuff? It wasn't like it was, creepy. Just, it was just yeah. It was just like a purple. Oh. It looked kind of like a purple. Like, oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It just kind and, of like expanded right. around them and then contracted, and they were in the Blackbird. Yeah, yeah, really, that was cool. Which you know, uh, visualizing Nightcrawler's powers has always been difficult, even for comic artists. They just draw him at point A and then point B. And that's it. But mm-hmm. being able to visually show it in a way that made sense and that you bought and that it kind of explained, like, oh, he's literally going through, he's taking a shortcut through places is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but I liked that with a lot of these, with him in particular, he wasn't like learning how to like be coordinated. He was already kind of learning. A, he was learning. <laughs> he was he was already kind of a badass and like knew how to use his powers really well. So that was really sweet. Um, which kind of leads me to the, to the another thing I really like the final battle. It was cool to see them working together and recognize like okay, Nightcrawler, let's use him for exfiltration. Meanwhile, yeah. like Beast, you know, Tangle. It was cool to see them kind of pair off and fight certain people. Uh, Lizzie's distracting. Right? There's a cat and dog fight going on <laughs> yeah. next That's door. Pretty epic. Weapon. It's a lot like it's, it's a lot like uh, the uh, the, the l- mind battle in this movie. <laughs> last uh, <laughs> the last thing I, I guess I'll say that I liked. Um, <laughs> it's a probably unpopular opinion. I really loved the Weapon X stuff in this movie. Oh, me too. And <laughs> because I've been waiting to see this since X two, when they showed the, it's still the best part probably of all the X Men movies is the brief glimpses of of the Alkali Lake facility. The the flashbacks Wolverine has where he's covered in blood and he's just screaming like, "What am I?" It's so sweet. And in this movie, it's all really good except for two things: him <laughs> snarling into a security camera, <laughs> which is ridiculous it's something out of like paranormal activity it was so dumb <laughs> i actually also i'll, I'll give him i'll give him a, a checkbox in the in the in the oh you did okay column with the weapon x suit it's pretty cool to see him with like the fanny pack with the yeah, radios and all the it tubes kind of, and shit that looked pretty at least accurate to the cartoon but i want i really wanted the dome helmet that covered his whole face yeah oh. and i thought that the scene which i liked between uh between him and the kids i, I liked that they encountered him i liked that gene as I've never been a fan of the Gene Logan romance ever, but I, I like that they have a connection. That's fine. And I thought it was cool that she was the one to kind of soothe his mind and like bring out just his name for him. Because they kind of established that because literally all he knows about himself in the first X-Men movie is his name. But the part where she took his helmet off could have been so amazing. If he, is Hugh Jackman is many things, but he's, he's a really good actor, I think. And I think he's always brought a good combination of feral animal and humanity to Wolverine. And if his eyes had been covered the whole time up until that part, and when she pulled the helmet off, we had finally gotten his eyes, and they were just, like, scared and, like, you know, what's and confused, it would have been so effective. It would have been such a good scene. And I would have been like, wow, there's actually a moment of real drama in this movie. Sadly, though, we just get a hilarious wig and him <laughs> shuffling off into the woods. <laughs> Much like his, his like co-stars. Uh, uh, who plays Hank McCoy? Whatever. Hank McCoy and Jennifer Lawrence. How, how does Beast's hair get worse? They need FaceTime. That's what it's all about. I That's whisper fine. that to Alex. It's in that contract. And that mean, doesn't bother me. I don't think really. it's FaceTime. I think it's just I don't want to sit in makeup for 30 hours every day. Potentially. Which I don't, I can't It's the same reason for. Captain America's helmet gets knocked off all the time in those movies. You got to show the face. When was the last time you guys watched X-Men First Class? It's been a while. It's been a while. Beast's makeup is amazing. It's so good. In this huh. movie, it's terrible. Yeah. 
Is, yeah, I, I don't it's remember, so yeah. weird. How does it just in in, in future, future past it was a little it's bit the worse. same way the claws got worse in X Men Origins. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> they're wobbling around. Also, yeah. the, the other the other line I really liked in this movie is when uh, William Stryker's asking him questions and Quicksilver Quicksilver shouts, "We don't know, bro." Like that, <laughs> movie, that was really good, and I was like, "God, this guy's good." <laughs> You just can't mess Tim, up. Tim, what else did you really no, like? I, honestly, I think Nick covered everything. All of it. <laughs> except for I really liked the fight in the astral plane between Professor X and Apocalypse. Just because. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, because it, it, so, it, it was so goofy. It, it was rem- really silly. But... It was really silly, but Apocalypse is just some giant and he's pitting Professor X out. It reminded me of a comic. It, that's maybe why I like this a little more is because it, it was his goofiest comic bookiest movie yet it's not it's not the best of his but i think i <coughs> i would totally watch it again and i shouldn't i'll probably uh, i'll probably watch it again at some point and just skip the parts i don't want to see because yeah. there is there is some good stuff and i i agree with you a hundred percent other tim that the <laughs> the mall scene was shaping up to be so good and they had they had uh spy photos from the set of them mm-hmm. walking through the mall and i saw nightcrawler's thriller jacket and like their whole thing, and I was like, "This is so sweet." I was I'll so buy, excited. Yeah. I'll buy the rogue cut. Yeah, the mall cut. Please. The mall <laughs> cut. <laughs> the dazzler cut. Yeah. Oh, um, we're moving in the right direction. The cost with the costumes. I don't, yeah, that's I, the I, one I other thing I wanted to talk about. I don't about. think I was quite as wild as they wanted me to be, but we're moving in the right direction. There's color. I loved it at the end. At the, at the end, right. The, yeah. final, well, they, yeah, the final scene. He says he wants to go set the next one in the 90s, which would be hysterical. From that Day. one has to have them all. Yeah. It has to have them all, and it has to have those costumes. It has, so. has, ju- has to have Jubilee as well, like mm-hmm. in a more... Apparently Jubilee was cut down a lot in okay. this movie. Well, she kept, like, it was distracting when she showed up, because she was obviously Jubilee. Yeah. Because she looked like she was but in they're the doing 90s. Nothing Nobody acknowledged this. <laughs> Get out of here, Jubilee! It's like yeah. the second or third movie Jubilee showed up in the background, and it's just. Can you can you guys remind me where Magneto leaves off at the end of Future Past? Does he just? I mean, in the seventies, does he just fly away? Yeah, and like that's pretty it. much so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember, and so when this movie started, and he was like working in a in a steel mill in Poland, I was like, what? <laughs> like, does he have no agenda anymore? Like, I couldn't. I really couldn't remember how the conflict ended. And in, in there's 70s. some sort of she gives Mystique gives a speech that kind of oh. settles everything down. Yeah, and, Mystique. Gives She's proud to be a mutant, and in this one, she's not proud to be. A no, yet <laughs> <laughs> another inconsistency. Do you think it would have helped if Brian Singer would have watched his movie, like Days of Future Fast, before he made he's this like, one? He's like the Bendis of directing, yeah. like just continuity. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure the writer like wrote out a script that actually made a lot of sense, and then Singer was like, "But I don't want to do that." Yeah, I want apocalypse. All right, <laughs> final thing, uh, we got a Mr. Sinister tease. Oh, that's oh god. Oh, God. How did you guys feel about that one? Well, I mean, we, we got the tease for Mr. Sinister post-credits, and then we got a tease for Phoenix. I mean, more than a tease for Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> Phoenix is utilized in this is movie. Is in this movie. So I'm assuming that both those things are coming down the pipeline, maybe together. I would probably. I, I don't guess know. if you're going to go with an, if you're going in the 90s, or you're going to go, well, if you were going to go a 90s villain, I would go Apocalypse. But Yeah. Um <laughs> I, I'm not Mr. Huge, Sinister's not a bad second choice. Yeah, I'm not a huge Sinister guy. I like Mr. Sinister, but... Mr. Sinister's funny because he's very, like... He has no depth. That's the thing is... 
And it, you can go down some really confusing. He's got a sweet costume. Somebody, somebody said Nathan Fillion should be Mr. Sinister. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Was it you, Alex? That's the internet, no, 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 That's no. The internet for you, doing his thing again. Since Castle got canceled, they're like, Nathan Fillion should be Mr. What Sinister. Fillion's going like, to be in Guardians 2, so it's going to be all right. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be like two minutes long. He'll play Probably. a dog or something, yeah. No, he's, uh, he's Wonder no, Man. No, he's Simon, Simon Williams, a.k.a. Wonder Man. Is that a dog? No. <laughs> No, <laughs> you know who Wonder Man is. It can be. <laughs> don't act like you don't know who that is. I know Wonder Man, and I know Mister Sinister. Yeah, he's, he's got a, a good sick, friend of sick mine. Cape. Sick cape. <laughs> yeah, it's not even really a cape, right? Yeah. It's a bizarre. He's got he's got the little it's like soul tassels. patch too, right? Yeah, soul patch. He's got a cool uh, gem in his Red head. Gem. Um, I as long as we're not getting too much into the clone stuff, that's which what I, don't, I, I, don't I don't think they'll do. Yeah, Mister Sinister. Is this the introduction of Gambit as the third Summers brother? Well, Gambit and Mr. Sinister have a lot of yeah, they do, dealings. Yeah. If, ooh. Is Tatum's Gambit still happening? Continue with ooh. No, if, if, they get, if they get a really solid director on board, and honest, I hate to say it. No, I don't. Fuck. Just get a new writing staff on board. Treat this as, as the first in a new series of these movies. Keep the cast rolled over because I like the young cast, but do like a Marauders. Remember the Marauders mm-hmm. storyline mm-hmm. with the Borlocks and everything? That would be... Awesome with the Morlocks. I kind of liked the uh, the underground uh, railroad stuff in this one. Yeah, that would have been that would have been cool. Like the, to... like the more and that could lead into the Morlocks. That's a, I would yeah. love to see. I'd love to see. You want to see Morhawks, Mohawk Storm? Well, throw down well, with some Morlocks. Here's the thing: is I, I think it to do the Marauders. Thing, <laughs> Tim does. I Tim, love, Prime. I love that story because Gambit's awesome. related to the Marauders stuff. Sinister's super related to the Marauders stuff. I mean, you could do. Some really cool stuff with that, and just the 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 kind of parallels between the Morlocks and the and the Jews in World War Two. You know what I mean? Like like you could do something with Magneto there. I mean, they always play upon that, but it'd be a cool thing to bring him back into the picture because he seems like he's kind of wanting to go off on his own at the end of this. So, yeah. Again, that's the other weird thing about this movie that I've been reading a lot of people kind of dancing around, but nobody's really getting into too much. It's like how many people do you think Magneto kills in this movie, and why does nobody seem to care? Because he helped fight Apocalypse. So all is forgiven. You know what I mean? No, you're right. No. Because well, I think... Well, he ki- I mean, really, all we know he kills is that police battalion. Right? Well, then he attempts to murder the entire... Um, World? Yeah, that too. <laughs> I was thinking more specifically the mining operation he worked at. Um, that seems oh. sweet. I was, yeah. wait- I was ready for it. And, and then so, Apocalypse just disintegrates somehow boring. Comes and ruins a good scene. He like melded them into the ground. Whatever. <laughs> that was another power. But <laughs> he does kill a lot of people. I mean he attempts to at least. Well, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say there's there's a lot of collateral damage for pulling all the metal out of the earth and flying it around right. him and like bridges and buildings and shit coming down and shipping containers flying everywhere and I think by that point I was just so uninvested in everything. Well yeah, and that's totally <laughs> that's, that's that's fine. I just think it's interesting. Like uh, movies have come under a lot of fire for how they've been handling these like casualties in this movie, arguably potentially the biggest death toll in any superhero movie, and and, and they're just like they have some great banter, and then he just walks out of the X mansion, and I was like, it's. I think with it being Magneto, being a villain, you don't necessarily forgive it. You just kind of go. Oh, like easily. That seems guy. right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would say that, but the movie always wants you to sympathize with Magneto right. and like get True. behind it. But to a point. Well, yeah. a, I like think I think some would say that Apocalypse was just using Magneto as a tool, like oh, manipulated yeah. in that way. But they that, were doing everything they were doing of their own will. 
Maybe. We think. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, because they all just stopped whenever they wanted to. So yeah, I'm going to say they that quit. they were. Yeah. Um, that's, they that's were all what, seduced by power, but they. Yeah. That's one weird thing, I think, too. It, it, it makes it a little more little more noticeable, I think, as we're coming off the heels of a movie that totally deals with the idea of repercussions for the collateral damage and stuff. Well, all the Civil War and whatnot. And you know? without Apocalypse, Magneto would have, would not have been able to do all of that damage. Like, it's kind of a... Yeah, but he still did it. Yeah. I don't know. It's like Bucky. No, Man. he's way cooler than Bucky. <laughs> oh, my God. I like Magneto, Magneto. I'm just saying. Like, I think it's interesting. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I, get, I know what you're, what you're getting at, because people were all butthurt about Man of Steel. I but. would have liked it if he would have just been a bad guy at the end. Magneto? Yeah. No, because I want him to get that. Remember that sick suit he wears when he teams up with the X-Men for a while? He's got that purple cape that's got yeah, the big Yeah, I thought M. that's what they were going to give the him in Future M. Past. Because at the end of uh, First Class, he's got that killer helmet. With it is. Horse. And, then, and, with and the I'm like, scarf. oh my God, they're leading into that. That M one. The, the M one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't. I, I think the movie would have been way better if Magneto had been on their side if... Yeah. If if all the tragedy and everything that befell him in Poland happened in that, but if somehow Charles had been like, hey man, come back to where you belong. <laughs> this this scene this is the last thing I'll talk about, I swear. Um, this, this, the telepathic phone call between them yeah. was, for some we- reason, for some reason, <laughs> for some reason, whenever Magneto and Charles talk one-on-one, it, like, it's emotional. I'm always like, oh my God. Because they, they, they feel so genuine. And the fact that they showed that scene from First Class that always gets me when he recovers that memory for Eric and he moves mm-hmm. the satellite array and everything, that is the best scene. And it's so emotional. And Fassbender's face, is everything about it's incredible. And the fact that they tap, they continually tap into that relationship and the fact that even though they're, they're essentially enemies and they're on other sides of the fence, et cetera, et cetera, they still like love each other and respect each other is so sweet. I just wish that the, the you also like the kind of retread of their conversation from the first X Men movie. I liked that too. I liked yeah. it a lot. I was like, "That's really cool," but that that was part of the reason the ending was so confusing because I was like, "They're not going to say like Eric, thank you for rebuilding the mansion," but <laughs> you know, can you rebuild the rest of the world too that you <laughs> took down? <laughs> P.S. Maybe that that'll be in maybe the that's cut. what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the Magneto spinoff. He's just going to go around just building things. Batman, Batman hunting down Magneto for all the destruction he did. I would watch Michael Fassbender going around helping people rebuild things for about an hour and a half. I think. Well, that's kind of the like way we thought, based on the trailer, we thought Origins would be. Remember? We thought it was going to be like a Wolverine Road movie where he was going to meet all these oddballs. And we were super into that idea. That's not, Yeah, that seemed like a cool idea. I think that's the thing. Is He's another one of those characters. It's just a kind of a lone wolf yeah. like who's got a lot of baggage. Let him go off and like roam into some small town like the A-Team and help some people out. It makes like me... Like every episode <clears throat> of Supernatural in season one. <laughs> it may have a hope with the same soundtrack, hopefully. It makes me wish that... Um, it makes me wish that the foundation that was laid, in, laid down in... Um, First class was kind of followed followed a little clo- more closely. I feel like the Days of Future Past, to a little bit of a lesser extent, and then this one for sure. I feel like Fox just keeps falling into the same trap with this franchise, and it's and I get it because it makes sense from a marketing standpoint, and it makes sense from like a trying to trying to bring as many people and as many get as many asses in the seats. 
they just grab characters that look different or have different powers that'll look cool for a trailer and cool for action scenes, and they just kind of throw them together. Yep. And they don't take the time to think about how they can naturally incorporate these characters in. So what they wind up doing is, oh, we want Angel because we can do Archangel because he's tied to Apocalypse and that's our villain. All right, well, how do we bring the rich kid in? Well, he's not a rich kid now. He's, he's a cage fighter. <laughs> In East Berlin. <laughs> oh, well, well, who's he fighting? Well, we want Nightcrawler in the movie because people miss Nightcrawler, so he's a cage fighter too. They don't think about this shit. And that's my problem with it is I honestly feel like they would be doing just as well from a financial standpoint and certainly better critically if they had stuck to the, what I feel like stuck was stuck sticking to their guns at the time of first class and making this a trilogy of movies or whatever, a, however many they're going to make, about Charles and Eric founding the X-Men and the inevitable split of that relationship. Yep. That's what yep. these movies should have been about. Not about uh, Sentinels and, and, and time travel and past versions of people and future versions of people. Not about Apocalypse. All that stuff can be made into a movie, but like the, throwing Apocalypse in this movie, which he has, he, has no, he has no place in the universe that they were working on in first class, and he shouldn't even be here. It, it's, it's the equivalent to me of throwing Venom in Spider-Man 3 just to, because people want Venom. Throw Venom. What, yeah. what X-Men villain haven't we used that people want? Apocalypse, throw him in there. Like, they, they were doing this back in Origins. Yeah. Oh, people want Gambit, throw Gambit in. Now he's a yeah. pilot because we need somebody to fly a Deadpool, plane. let's get Deadpool. It doesn't... It, they're doing the, they're just doing the same shit. I think the only difference is the hands that are touching the actual product are a little more talented than some of the ones that were touching some of the other stuff. The, you know, origins. I don't know. They're still falling in the same traps they were before. I think, and and that's that's disappointing to me. Yep. I feel like by now, as a studio, they especially since this is a cash cow for Fox, and I don't think they have a ton of stuff right now, do they? In terms of franchises Deadpool. Deadpool, yeah, Deadpool which is an X-Men movie so, technically so I mean like I feel like this is their cash cow and they're treating it like they could give zero shits they just want to I think Brian Singer just gets rough shot he runs rough shot over the seat like I think he just has so much power over all of it I don't actually I, I don't I think that Brian Singer is afraid of losing his place with Fox and with this franchise because quite frankly all of his work post X-Men, all the stuff in between X-Men 2 and Days of Future Past was not it wasn't doing well critically, it wasn't doing well financially, and really it was a pretty I think it was a bold move of Fox to bring him back in because yeah. he hadn't proven himself outside of the franchise and he hadn't made an X-Men movie since 2002. So That's fair. Honestly, if anything, I think Brian Singer... I don't agree with Brian Singer what he finds important with the story. I do not agree with it in the slightest. I do not agree with his visual style whatsoever. That's just personal taste. Yeah. I think he's a talented filmmaker, but I think that he... he I don't think he's willing to stick up in any way, shape, or form for That's any of this fair. stuff. Yeah. And when you've got a guy who I don't agree with from, like I said, a storytelling or visual standpoint who's letting a studio who clearly cares about how many toys can we sell and how many, you know, how many mutants can we have in the commercial. It's not a good mixture. It's not a good combo. Yeah. I don't know. But you reminded me of a, a review I read where someone said that um, Moira is actually the real threat in every movie. <laughs> and it was really funny. Cause, like She's the one that shoots the bullet that paralyzes Charles. And she does something in Days of Future Past. That is, is she in Days of Future Past? Someone said she was. Oh, is she? I thought so. I can't remember. I actually can't remember either. Maybe not. Maybe it's just as well either. And this one, she loses Apocalypse. So <laughs> there's that too. Maybe she's not in Days of Future Past. Maybe I'm just I'm just uh, 
<clears throat> implying something. But anyway, um, I thought that was funny. But then that reminded me of um, uh, no shit. I actually totally forgot. What it reminded me of. But never mind. <laughs> Just like that, it's gone. We didn't talk about. But it. I, I don't think Fox has the rights to the X Men merchandise because there are never any X Men figures. I yeah, think, I, don't, I think Marvel yeah, holds. Maybe that that's still. not it. Then I mean, it's just I'm just I guess Which I'm just part of the further Marvel just like chokehold over the X Men. Yeah, um, it's too bad. We didn't talk about the special effects much. I, just, I thought what? Um, nobody even like mentioned how Charles just like mind wipes Moira, which is like horrible, mm-hmm. and then undoes it and everyone's cool with it she doesn't like slap him or be yeah. like oh my god they just cry a little and then it's yeah. fine yeah and i was like remember when uh when uh De- deadly genesis was written and this was like the biggest deal ever that charles xavier would dare tam mm-hmm. the white knight of mutants the the godfather of the x-men would dare to tamper with someone's mind and it was like outraging it was such an amazing story and yeah. this movie everyone's like sh- shouldn't have done that but it's okay <laughs> <laughs> we forgive you yeah i know you were young yeah it's crazy uh, I thought the special effects were mostly half baked. True, yeah. especially the tree being split in half on Xavier's property. That that joke was good though. I it was a good it. joke, yeah. but God, that tree looked like it was out of <laughs> the spawn in nineteen ninety seven. The shipping containers definitely. That was the, that was yeah, my highlight. Sh- yeah. That was my favorite. God. Real quick, just want to say something real quick. You know what bugs me the most about this franchise? In nine movies, they have yet to understand how Cyclops' fucking powers work. That's true. Okay, they are not heat-based. They do not leave things smoking and charred. They're fucking... It's just... It's it's like a wave of water that blasts you. Like, they got it right in the bathroom, and then he lights a tree on fire. And I was like, you fucking guys! Like, (laughs) I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. It's true. I don't get it. There's some science there. If it applies enough pressure, then it would get hot. But anyway. Over enough time, yeah. I, right, I mean, not even necessarily over time. Like if you put, it's the same thing with like a like an ice skate on on ice. It's you're putting the pressure down on a thin strip that melts the ice and allows you to skate. Don't stand up for so, Fox. Anyway, there were no ice packs blown in this. I don't know. There probably were. Oh, there weren't. Um, that might have made the, it be more entertaining if some ice packs were blown. <laughs> the Quicksilver scene. I guess that could be potentially an ice pack. Quicksilver scene. Nick has remarked that it's basically you can't tell how practical a lot of the shots were, even though it seems like there was a lot of practical work done. Yes, they were. They actually blew up a lot of rooms and stuff like that to film that stuff, and it doesn't look like it at all. It's kind of the weird disconnect of of the Quicksilver scene. Is, that's just that's a real when everything in your movie looks animated, or I just expect it to be. That's a problem. Yeah. I loved that scene. I thought I it was it a cool too. scene. I, loved it I thought it was. I a thought cool it was. Scene. It was my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. But I, I for sure thought it was all fake. And watching that featurette, I got excited because I was like, "Wow, they put some thought into how they would shoot this." Watching that phantom go by on that rig at ninety miles an hour is yep. so sweet. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh God, that's so cool!" And then you, and you see the shot, and you're like, "Well." I like the shots of they show some shots of Evan Peters in front of a camera, just <laughs> like waving his head back and forth with his mouth. Just open. a wind machine <laughs> shooting him in the face. Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, and then there was one final thing I wanted to say about it. Oh, the slash film cast—they brought up the idea of like they don't understand why Quicksilver can like run out with two people under his arms. Like, how does he have super strength? Because he's fast, and I think. Uses the speed for. <laughs> <laughs> I think some of it makes sense in that if you think about physics and forces, mass times acceleration, and he's got essentially an insane amount Infinite of acceleration, acceleration, that means that he can generate 
a lot I do of like, force. I did like the small around. detail that with some people, uh, you see he puts his one hand on the back of their head when he runs with them yeah. to keep their mm. neck from snapping. Yeah, that, that, that's a callback from uh, Days of Future Past. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I remember him seeing him do that to Mystique yeah. at the end, and I was like, oh, the, and then I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because Singer's always been pretty good about getting like details, like tiny details. Right. It's everything else he has a problem with, I think. <laughs> because, like, I can remember small things from each one of his movies. Like, yeah. like, even in the first movie where that claw, Wolverine's claw, like, shoots out from his hand. Yep. I, like, that sticks in my head. Like, what an amazing shot to have. And then, like, I don't remember much else. So. <laughs> All right. We've talked too long. <laughs> All that stuff at the beginning of the, this is like a an hour and forty minute podcast. It's been a while since we've had one of those. Maybe I feel like it. Yeah. Um, all that stuff at the beginning of the episode is still true. At MFN Podcast, feedback at MidwestFilmers dot com, MidwestFilmers dot com, Amazon Midwest uh, Yeah, all that stuff. Go do all that. Go on to Texas. Check it out. Watch Preacher. New episode next week. Um. Film nerds next week. It's either TMN Toots or Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. I'm betting it's TMN Toots. But we'll see. I might try and see both. I want to see the lobster with Tim. Yeah, that's that's the real thing is that the lobster came out near us this past week. (sighs) Let's do Hellboy 2. Yeah. All right. Comics Y. Go watch a movie. Golden Army.